0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the
1: show. I like show better than podcast.
0: To the secret podcast,
1: and you're not supposed to be listening to this.
0: And remember not to tell anybody because it's a secret.
1: Shh, it's a secret.
0: Shhh. So you also have to take into account the surrounding area that you're in. If you're a soldier in this world, if you're caught in an open field and there's a pack of titans coming at you you're most likely screwed. You're just going to get devoured. There's not much plot armor. If you're not a main protagonist, you're certainly going to die. So you have to make sure you're surrounded by a lot of trees or tall buildings or anything that offers you elevation or somewhere to hide because these things will come at you and they do not stop until you're devoured. Um, so that's something I really appreciate about a show like this. It does not shy away from death. It doesn't offer these deus ex machitas, or these calvaries that just come in at the last second and save everybody. This show is just very morbidly depressing in an awesome way. I, I, it's it's just a very fascinating show that just has a lot of gas and no breaks that you just don't really see in a lot of shows outside of like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad even. and. A testament that just makes the show so fascinating is the lack of information that you're given and the amount that you learn with the characters themselves. So as I've stated, all you know, titans are bad, you have these weapons, and you just want to retake land. That's all you pretty much know. And as a concept and a premise, it's, it should not work. Giant naked babies getting attacked by spider Spider-Man with swords is a ridiculous concept. But <laughs> what I thought it was, I thought it was all flair and no depth but it is so far from that it is it has so much depth <laughs> the character growth is fantastic the story progression just has you guessing and it's so unpredictable which is so much fun you just can't tell where the show's going to go and where it takes you it leads you to just places you never really thought and the execution is just almost flawless season by season it's it changes in the way you want shows to change it has some of the familiar familiarity from the early seasons that keep you hooked and engaged, but it elevates itself. It increases the stakes. It changes the moral guidelines of ethics. Do I side with the original cast by season four? I don't even know. And this is very hard for me to talk about this. I can't even name character names because it might just cheapen the surprises that are just so farly embedded into the fabric of the show. Okay, before I go off on a tangent, I'm going to move on to my next segment where I just kind of compare it to other shows that you've maybe seen. Um, Because if you're like me, you were probably very timid to dip your toe into the ocean that is anime before you jump in. So the first show I'm going to compare it to is Game of Thrones. Uh, So Attack on Titan like Game of Thrones has a lot of morally ambiguous characters and point of views that offer unique perspectives of the world. So you're not just watching it from one angle, you're seeing the full scope of everything that's going on. And unlike Game of Thrones where it's very heavy on like nudity and just like vulgarity, it, it matches it in intensity and just like the dark bleakness of this world. And I'm gonna go on record saying Attack on Titan has some of the best action and battle sequences I have ever fucking seen. and. The reason that it is, is because it's not limited to live action. You don't have to worry about actors or stunt doubles getting hurt, because you can just draw these crazy sequences, and you don't have to worry about anybody getting injured. Uh, It also just has a lot of source material from the manga, so it just has like a backbone of a great story that you can just interweave onto the television. And it's just so fucking good. That's that's my concluding point right there. Okay, I lied, that wasn't my last point. (laughs) It also just has a lot of deaths of characters that you grow to love over it. So, I mean, uh, that unpredictability and that suspense of just not knowing who's going to make it through the episode just adds to the just sheer greatness that is Attack on Titan. Okay, the next show I'm gonna go to is The Mandalorian. I still haven't finished the second season, but I agree that it's a very fun show and I love the whole premise of space dude goes on side quests. Um, So, (laughs) watching... The mandalorian i noticed that there are just a lot of dumb and like childish little side characters the a specific example i can find is the episode from season two episode two where mando is ex- escorting this like little dinosaur who who looks like the little kid from the third rock from the sun which is a crappy uh whatchamacallit show from the 90s and you have this like very highly regarded actor pedro pascal who's won multiple awards and he's acting with a Toy dinosaur who's speaking gibberish, he'll go like, blah, 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 blah. And Pedro Pascal has to stand there and go, yes, I understand your eggs are very important, but if my hyperdrive doesn't work, we're all going to die. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> if, if you're willing to look past these clearly terrible aspects of this great show, I think you can accept that there's a little bit of angst and just like overly done monologues in uncommon places and just like A lot of yelling, there's a lot of yelling in anime, but if you can, again, if you can deal with Pedro Pascal talking to Muppets for 30 minutes, then you can handle somebody having a monologue about something that happened in the past that's a little bit... So the next show I'm going to compare it to is Avatar The Last Airbender, because it just makes too much sense, dog. So... I'm not going to dismiss that Avatar The Last Airbender isn't great, it's fantastic. The way it handles heavy concepts like war and genocide, and they make it palatable for kids is a miracle, honestly. And the progression of Zuko and Uncle Iroh and Toph and just all these characters that are just so unique in this world that's so fantastic and a magic system that just, it's tight and concise and it makes sense but it also has surprises along the way is it's a great show, I'm not going to deny it. But I also got to watch Attack on Titan comparatively side by side because I got one of my roommates hooked on it. And when you're watching both, Maybe it's just because I'm an adult now, I guess, technically. Um, you know, there's just... It's it's just got this level of, of intensity and just... Ambiguity and uncertainty that Avatar just doesn't have. And, again, I know Avatar is for a kid's show, but they're going up against a threat called the Fire Nation, and, like, literally nobody burns. I understand Katara's mom died from it, but... And she brings it up a lot, too, and it, totally understandable. But you don't really see it. There's not really that much like death. There's not that much like bad stuff that's kind of going on. Villains just kind of come in, they get thrown in jail and then that's just it. Wipe their hands, dust it off. It's all good, governor. But man, an attack on Titan, it's just, it's the big boy version. Are you ready to come to the adult table? Because Avatar The Last Airbender is that little halfway gap for people who don't necessarily want to watch animated shows or anime, but they're willing to stick with it because it's quality. And Attack on Titan is that very same concept, but it is anime and it's just a little bit more elevated in its maturity and its scope. And it just lands it. It's something that, it's just fantastic. It's just a, I don't know. Attack on Titan is just better in my opinion. And I find myself rewatching it constantly because the season four hasn't ended, and I'm just trying to pick up these subtle clues that they keep leaving out. And sometimes you do pick up on new things when you rewatch it, and it's just very satisfying. And it's very difficult to emulate in something like Avatar.
1: i sit here recording mere let's see here about four minutes and 50 seconds until i start editing this episode i think about what goes into the episode and the first thing that comes to my mind is the music so the transitions that you hear and the end uh Little transition and ending song, as well as the song playing underneath the intro that Kyle and I talk over, uh, is by a band named Walter Etc. Um, I've emailed them, and it's mostly just one dude, uh, and uh, he said it was totally cool if I use his music for any of my uh, podcast projects. So that's what I did and if you've ever listened to our other podcast M&G vs. Scripts, which is much more long-winded uh lovely concept but a little bit more dense we I, I used almost a whole album's worth of songs uh for transitions and uh intros and all that good stuff and there's a couple reasons why I use that music first being I just It's just pleasing music to listen to. It's some of the best road tripping music to listen to as well. Uh, It's kind of like surfer rock, but more just like singer-songwriter, acoustic guitar with some soul in there. Um, And I think the thing that's really interesting about him is that when you describe him, he does not seem very unique or anything. He's a guy who plays a guitar, with not an amazing voice but an interesting voice and the real thing that drives his music home for me is not only his lyrics but that it seemingly felt like I got to grow up with him I started listening to him in early college I found him through Bandcamp. I can't even remember how I found him and his music just kind of hit me in a way of like, oh, shit, I'm going through stuff like that because he was talking about being in college and what he's going to do after college and not knowing what he's going to do after college. And I related to that hard. And I think a lot of people will relate to that hard. Um, but as he came out with new projects, he was, for example, that album, Well Soon, came out right around my senior year of college and a, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. If you have a chance to listen to it, take a listen. But it really described, like, who the hell am I? What the hell am I going to do? Was college a waste? What What is life after college? And I know that's kind of trivial things to worry about. But, you know, you need comfort in, you know, feeling like you're not alone in those kind of situations. And Walter really did that. And then a couple years later... He put out another album that was like, yeah, mid-20s, early 20s. What the fuck? What What are we doing here? Did things get better? Am I just repeating everything that I've already done? And uh, yeah, he just keeps hitting things on the head where where I am in my life. And also, he's just a really great storyteller. And yeah, I would just suggest to go take a listen, especially to his newest album, which i don't really to as hard but it is a absolutely beautiful album it's details his whole relationship and i believe it was like a seven-year relationship that he had and uh it's called dark co- comedy come <laughs> i look at it dark comedy performance piece of my life i don't know why i struggled with that I'm literally looking at it um And it details a breakup, but not in the traditional way, like a holistic. Like, it's not just a whole bunch of sad songs. Uh, And there is a song at the end that is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, Thanks for growing up with me. It's amazing. I have just about every album that he's ever put out and about as many pieces of merch to go and coincide with it. And if he ever listens to this, I want to say... Thank you for letting me use all your music and continue to keep making good music. And if you haven't checked out Walter Etc. or Walter Mitty and his makeshift orchestra, please go do so. Say that again as if I'm an advertisement because I'm trying to soak up these last couple seconds. Walter Etc. Walter Mitty and his makeshift orchestra. Oh, I know I just hit five minutes and I know I'm not one to go over. I'm not Kyle. I know that. But the other thing, and I can't believe I didn't talk about this, was uh, my partner and I mostly are, got a dog, and she's also a huge fan of Walter, etc., and so therefore that dog, who is a absolutely beautiful little uh, German Shepherd lab mix, uh, named him Walter after Walter, etc., so I thought that was also pretty neat. Yeah, so now go enjoy the rest of the song because I'm going to play, I think, a long version of it on the edit. I once promised you I'd
2: finally write a happy song Well, here it is Things are going together. Plethora of thoughts that I keep to myself because I don't want to rock the boat. But so but somewhere, ours was about so strong, careless, wanna have a drink. And ours was about so well done, men wonder how this is sitting. And ours was the best part of a cold glass of Cabernet. And the montage's driving with our windows down, singing in the chicken in China, the Chinese chicken song. Things are going to go.